Hello, friends, and welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Daniel Quinn, except he's not here, with my co-hosts, Courtney Staples and C.R. Rowenson. You might notice that the audio quality for me, much better. Uh, I'm back. I've got my stuff. I'm officially all moved in, and I'm ready to jam. Uh, Clark, so glad to have you on. Courtney, as always, just can't wait for you to add some blood sacrifice. Always. always. (laughs) (laughs) And then you put Courtney and I in the same in the same discussion. (laughs) It's just going to be grim. There's blood all over the walls. Yeah, no, like I can I can. So we're adding a we're adding a spot to our world build with us. Bingo. Uh, body horror is Clark's square, <laughs> uh, for sure. Um, anything that has like anything where like the skin stretches a little bit mm. too much or is mm-hmm. you repurposed in some way to be horrifying. That's Clark. And that is absolutely his bingo square. <laughs> or if you just look at the, if you look at the thing and there are more pieces than you expected, or it's just not <laughs> shaped or moving the way you would want it to. Uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, so, like a person, yeah, exactly. but, but it's a bit wrong. Yeah. Mm. On today's episode, you can tell there's good vibes in the air, not just because I'm settled and I actually have a good microphone again, but because Every world building jam session is always so chill, good vibes. Everyone's excited. Clark, this is your first time doing a full world building jam with us, isn't it? It is. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. for your sake and for new listeners who don't know what a full world building jam session is normally for this podcast, we have a setting prompt and, uh, you know, we kind of go through that and we go through tenets and we create this world based on what the tenets in the setting suggests this time we just roll dice. Uh, there are genres, there's themes and there's things that we're focusing on along with twists. And with all of that, we just build a setting really quick, really fast. We do like two to three of those for one of these world building jams. Uh, we've had some really, really great ones. Uh, the Halloween one that we had a while back is really great. Mm-hmm. The most recent, I, I actually, I would say every world building jam that we've done always elicits a banger. So go back, listen to those world building jams. And well, actually don't do that. Listen to this one first. Cause you're already listening to it. I'm just giving you extra steps, right? So let's just jump right into it. And get to this world building jam right after the shilling, of course, which means, Oh God, we got a shill. Okay. Uh, worldbuildwithus.com. That's our website. Go there, submit a prompt. Guess what? We build it for you. Like I've been talking about Twitter at let's world build. That's us on Twitter. We've got a discord. Come join us. Come chat with us. We've also got a Patreon. Give us money for sweet, sweet Patreon goodies, all that good stuff. Clark, Plug your stuff. Go ahead, quick. I put you on the spot. Go. All right. You can find my stuff at crrowenson.com or on YouTube as The Magic Engineer. I do have some books on Amazon. The best way to find those, honestly, is just to dig a little bit through my website or just watch all of my videos on YouTube and you'll get lots of references to it. Yeah. Smash that like button. Subscribe to the channel. Mm-hmm. All that good shit. Clark, you got your chilling out of the way. Courtney, you don't shill anything on this because nope. that's all no. that's all it is. We're getting right into it. Bam. <laughs> Fuck that shilling part. Let's go. Pain is past. Now we can move forward. <laughs> exactly.
<laughs> Advertising is the mind killer. Uh, let's see. Where is it? There you go. D20. All right. So with all of that out the way, let's go ahead and roll a D20 to figure out the first genre that we're going to be rolling with today, which is we've got cyberpunk. Okay. Mm. Nice and simple. The theme for this cyberpunk tale that we're going to be digging into is curses. Ooh, that's mm. interesting already. Interesting. Yeah. And the first thing that we're going to be focusing on today is a moment of defeat. So Clark, you've never done a jam with us before. We've got cyberpunk curses is the theme. And the first thing that we're focusing on is a moment of defeat. So where does your brain go besides a whole bunch of neon? Well, the honestly, the first thing that comes up is the term that pops into my head is the curse of technology. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't quite know what that means, but you know, there's something <laughs> there's some, there's something there of about the the loss of like legacy information and just the dependency and reliance on i guess that's kind of what my brain is talking about is is the curse of technology is that you get to the point where you can't go without the technology mm -hmm. okay um you can tell i've been in a super happy place lately dealing with uh, all of the digital clutter and whatnot since that's where my <laughs> brain goes immediately uh, <laughs> um, I, i'm going to immediately plug digital minimalism by cal newport which uh I, I support reading and uh, ignoring all of um, because, you know, you've, you've got to engage with the digital stuff and it's unfortunate, but you can do so in a very smart way. So would throw that out there worth the listen, worth the read, all that good stuff, support your locals or go to audible and shill it out. That's fine too. It's funny. You mentioned that. Cause that's actually why I've been talking about that with Rachel. She's been reading that. So, hey, really? Yeah. So we've been having lots of conversations on that stuff. It's it's an interesting read, I'll, for for sure. Yeah. What does it What does it advocate for? Exactly what it sounds like. Digital oh, minimalism okay. is like gut all that shit from your life and uh, basically break it down into weekly chunks of like twenty minutes oh, okay. per app. Basically. Oh damn. Uh, that's a very succinct. Thing. The general thing Rachel and I have been talking about with that is just the idea of if the tool doesn't uh, enhance the mm. things that make you happy or help you enable you to pursue the things that make you happy, maybe may, maybe you don't need it mm, um, yeah, yeah. or maybe do less of it. But that's where my brain goes is something about the, cur the curse of technology um, doesn't necessarily need to be viruses, but that can be mm. something about how... Um, some of the societies or even just some of the classes are realizing how trapped they have become by mm -hmm. their own use mm -hmm. of technology. I like that. I yeah, like that quite too. a bit, actually. Um, uh, when I hear it now, now I'm not sure if this is better for the setting or if it's better for a smaller scale story within a setting. However, uh, I'm thinking of a piece of ice which infects hackers and then b bars them from using cyberspace once they've been afflicted by it. So ice is like an antivirus program. And this is like the ultimate ice that locks them out of everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, what that would do. I mean, obviously huge moment of defeat there. Um, but maybe, maybe this is like, if we wanted to bring it to a world setting, maybe that's like the start of a virus that causes 
almost everyone to be locked out of cyberspace and like cybernetic parts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I, oh man. Right. My mind had gone to planned obsolescence actually, mm-hmm. which I'm wondering if that could play a role in this uh, ice that's, that's screwing up everything. Like what if it's a purposeful uh, thing that's being done by corporations to get people to invest more in their technology or like subscribe for better protection or what mm. have you that sort of thing it's like ransomware but built in yeah basically, basically yeah yeah mm-hmm. okay how does so how does that function oh actually i love that a lot because if we combine those two ideas together mm-hmm. this piece of ice infects like piece of, like let's say that you have cybernetic eyes like all you see is pay x amount of money to remove oh, this you know, uh, like yeah. your eyes literally don't function or it's like a time lock thing. That's actually a really interesting way to do it. And of course, uh, another mark on the bingo card, capitalism is the mm. villain. Because, <laughs> uh, always, yes. True. Well, it's cyberpunk. That's like, yeah. that's also that's true. Basically part of <laughs> it's a fundamental part of cyberpunk is corporations. Yes, yes, Clark, but also it's us. Like, it's just a part of, you know, like it's just That a is part true, of but I'm going to blame it on the... On the genre, genre trappings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's fair. Yeah, um, yeah, but no, like like time gated cybernetic parts that are a result of something that's horrifying. Yeah. And I love the idea that that is this is suddenly like a widespread panic amongst the setting. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, this is oh, this is okay. This is already pretty cool. Another thing, depending on how we wanted to go, if we wanted to lean into that bingo square. Um, there could be subscription services to mm-hmm. your cybernetic parts. Uh, but specifically where I was thinking is I was trying to think of, I like the ice in terms of there being some kind of cursed tech. Um, mm-hmm. And this this might be where my brain is going, um, is I was thinking it would be interesting if there are people who are walking around that you can just tell. It's like, oh, they're cursed. They they got infected um, whether yeah. that curse means that they are now like um completely manipulated or in the control of a specific company or something like that uh, mm. like their body becomes advertising yeah it, it's something about the software <laughs> or even their parts where it's like mm. that pe- that piece of tech is wrong and now actually it could just be an organization that was built up to take care of these cursed individuals whether it mm whether it itself got warped and corrupted or not, but just the idea of, of some of it gets, some of it gets twisted somehow and mm-hmm. it's, it's recognizable and they are almost a kind of, and at least some places there's, there's kind of factions or groups or organizations where these people cluster. Mm. I really want to not ignore the advertising part of what Courtney just said, because yes. the idea that you're marked like if you if you're a person and you're like decked out in corporate advertising, guess what? You're going to fall into a group real fast, Clark, you know? Like one yeah. that's a beacon to others to that you're a marked individual, stay mm-hmm. the hell away. Two, it looks like oh, like to corporations, it's like that's just free advertising, you know, and it's also like doing its good part of like corporate intimidation. It's like, "Oh, they fucked with the Zaibatsu. You don't want to do that." You know, uh, and three, like, oh, bounty hunters now have a clear individual who they can hunt down. 
right? Yeah. Like repo men, essentially. Like yeah, it's like oh, you like fucked with the Zaibatsu. Part. All right, cool. I'm gonna see what your you know what the bounty on your head is, and it's mm-hmm. like a quick and easy like oh yeah okay cool. Yeah, one of the curses could almost be that you just lose control over some of the display space on or around yeah, your body. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Basically, anything cybernetic, like you're hacked. Or perhaps even worse is you can't stop screaming about how great the new uh, X eyes, you know, model ZT7500 eyes are. You know, like you can't help but tell everyone you know. And I mean, it could be kind of an unsettling thing. It's like the Truman Show, but cyberpunk. Yeah. And and completely uncontrolled. Mm -hmm. You know, like imagine, imagine like... um, that you're just talking normally and all of a sudden you just spout word salad or like you spout an advertisement (laughs) and like you literally can't help it. And like your eyes are like shocked and horrified and like other people around you're like, Oh, you're marked. You're fucked. Get out of here. You know? Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know what you guys need is you need the ultra micromillimeter wave scanning. So you can tell who around you is armed (laughs) and who isn't. Yeah. From, from Zaibatsu Corp. (laughs) <laughs> from zaibatsu court security in eyesight oh god okay <laughs> this is horrifying see uh, all right we're creating a micro setting here we're basically going to create mega city one slash you know neo tokyo or something like that like it's an individual city uh where do we want that city to be in terms of are we dealing with an Earth situation? Are you talking about terrain? What, that's um, that's exactly why I'm asking okay. you guys. Where I'm asking you leading questions and like forcing you, or and they're fairly open ended. You know, if you want to, if you want to be in like, all right, cool, it's in fucking like Planet X nine, whatever. I don't give a fuck. It could be it also in Germany. You know, I don't mm-hmm. know where mm-hmm. where where do you want it to be? Okay, so there is a setting that I think is massively underrated and underused Ooh. at this time. Ooh. It was used a lot during some of the boom of sci fi. Uh, but that is just generation ships. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love the idea of generation ships. Um, so the city we're building could just be one of many generation ships. For those of us who are not familiar, Clark, can you tell us what a generation ship is? Absolutely. So the concept behind generation ships is they are a spaceship, usually in settings where faster than light travel isn't a possibility, where they have built it up to be a self-sustaining kind of ecosystem so that in theory, by the time you reach the destination, you have gone through multiple generations of inhabitants. So Mm -hmm. you will have generations of people living, growing and dying on this ship as they proceed towards their destination. And it doesn't have to stay that way. Um, I kind of use it as a catch-all term in my head for those Mm. sorts of designs where the ship is just a self-sustaining ecosystem. So you could end up with things where you have like weird um, asteroid field nomads or something like that. uh, Because by their nature, generally, if you do true generation ships, they're not really going to encounter anybody else because everybody has gone on their Mm. own course. Gotcha. But that's what I'm talking about. Basically, it's a a self-sustaining fabricated world. Okay. Mm -hmm. Love that. I'm going to tie that in to what we've been talking about. This, this generation ship is essentially uh, marooned. Like it's thrusters are off. It is drifting in a general direction, but it, it cannot move in a moment of defeat it is now a giant blinking advertisement for a corporation that no longer exists. But everyone there, guess what? 
they're still stuck with it. And that ice still exists and is affecting people within that generation ship. How do we feel about that concept? I like that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And it does beg the question of like, what is the defeat from? And it could Mm -hmm. have been, (laughs) it could have been part of like an intergalactic, like hostile takeover. So it was actual corporations who were fighting with each other and they are just one of the side products that has been kind of crippled as a result of it. Absolutely. Love that. They were like gobbled up by some monopoly type thing, but then sort of just ignored or forgotten about like we acquired them, but we don't really give a shit about them anymore. So we're just going to shut off their engines and stop paying for it. They used to be Exogen and now it's controlled by Zycorp and Zycorp (laughs) doesn't care about the destination they were Mm. going to. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's it's not worth the resources. Oh, anymore. That's horrifying on so many yeah. levels. <laughs> yeah, that that's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, we've got a solid solid concept here. Uh, we need to roll a twist and figure out what's gonna what's gonna get all twisty here. So the twist that we're rolling with is attach the whole thing to a major franchise. <laughs> so we've got cyberpunk. I don't want to add the obvious one, Cyberpunk 2020, whatever the fuck, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. What can we do to add in a little cyberpunk to another larger sci-fi world? What can we mm-hmm. do? What, what what makes sense here? Um, Alien comes to mind mm-hmm. initially. With like Wayland Dutani. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Honestly, my brain actually jumps to Snow Crash. Oh, yeah. By Neil Stevenson. I'm not really familiar with that. I haven't actually read it. I'm not a big fan, frankly. <laughs> um, I, I I really like Snow Crash. <laughs> it was it was like really over the top when I read it, and I was like not ready for that. I, like yes. I might enjoy it now, like mm. with the concept of like like what's the bad guy's name? His name's like Raven, and he rides around with a <laughs> nuclear bomb in his yep. motorcycle, and it's like yep. it's so yep. dumb. Like, I think that I might enjoy it now with, like, the idea that, like, yes, it's dumb and that's okay. The other part of it is I I had tried to read Neuromancer and I was just like, this is too, this feels like way too pretentious and way too, like, trying to be super, <laughs> super into all of these details and metaphorical. I'm just like, I'm bored. And then I jumped. See, I fucking love Neuromancer. Yeah, so, like, yeah, we're so definitely on the opposite ends of the spectrum. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> But yes, uh, Snow Crash starts with the chapter, like the first part of the first chapter is him talking about his car and how awesome it is because he's a pizza delivery guy and pizza is a major yeah. industry. <laughs> it's 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 so ridiculous. Like, yeah, yeah, I can definitely see it. But, but can we really attach it to Snow Crash? Is that like large enough? I mean, I was it, thinking like Star Wars or some dumb. I, I was just thinking you could just like grab one of the corporation names like uh, it could be. This place was originally part of Mr. Lee's uh, New Hong Kong mm. or, or something like that. But mm. that that would really be in name only. If we wanted to pull in more of the setting stuff, we'd probably want to steal from some other things as well right. or mm-hmm. just ignore Snow Crash altogether. Well, well, OK, so so Clark's got Snow Crash. Courtney says alien. What about alien? Because the thing about alien is the aliens. Right. Like, how can we how can we incorporate the rest of that setting into it while also having it feel like the alien franchise? Yeah. I mean, the main thing that like came to mind with it was the fact that capitalism is such an integral part of the plots. Like in the first movie there, the crew is sent to this planet 
to bring back this mm. creature at whatever cost, even if it just means the entire crew is killed. Um, and that's hidden from the crew, but obviously the corporation mm. knows exactly what they're doing. So like that sort of mindset. Aliens does that as well, by the way. Mm. I, I would be remiss to ignore one yeah. of the best sequels of all time. Mm-hmm. So. Yes. Um, but right. But okay. So this, but this way station, right? Like that we have this, this generation ship, how does it feel like it's in the alien universe with all this cyberpunk and without the aliens? Yeah. I feel like, like I feel like we can't just slap a Wayland Utani no, sticker on it and call it part of a major movie franchise. I you agree. Know? I agree. I would rather go in a different direction, I think, because mm. I, I almost want to keep this setting like not, not like lighthearted, but not like fucking xenomorphs rampaging through like through people's chests. Okay, surprising face turn from Courtney. Okay, I, mean, I appreciate it. Yeah, like I said, not not really lighthearted, but not like full on like space horror. I guess. Uh, what if? What if we tied it into the altered carbon universe? Hmm. I know yeah. nothing about that series, so let's do it. Okay, uh, <laughs> I watched the first season of the show, and it's it's pretty edgy. But I'm I'm all for going in that direction, yeah. Oh, I love the first season. <laughs> I love the first season so much. Some some of the main features which we could we could mess with to uh, make it fit a little better, and that could be part of this isolation and this kind of cursed area. But they have developed what they call cortical stacks, which is just it's a chip that is installed in the spinal cord that holds um, your personality, holds who you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that means you can be uploaded into other bodies and bodies just right. become called sleeves sleeves. Yes. I know that from eclipse phase actually. Oh, okay. Okay. Great, great RPG, by the way, if you're into sci-fi horror, oh my God, that's a good one. Eclipse phase, huh? Oh, you Clark, if, if you, I'm writing if you're down. not familiar with eclipse phase, go read the fiction of it and you'll be like, oh, I'm in like you. It's, it's so up your alley. Like it's not even funny. I will check it out. Um, so, so part of what I was thinking there is like corporations are a big thing. There are people who the rich and wealthy, a lot of stratification, lots and lots of cyberpunk themes in mm. altered carbon because people who can afford it basically can live forever because they can do cloud hosting for their personality Yeah. so that even if their stack gets destroyed, they have a downloaded version that they can reload and they're called, Interesting. um, they're referred to as the meths short for Methuselahs. Gotcha. But anyway, just. Just that setting. So it could be a kind of thing where communication can still pass through this place, but it's not enough bandwidth to actually port personalities. Ooh. It's far enough out of the way that people can't get to it easily. Because um, I don't remember if there is much faster than light travel in that series or not. I think most of the intergalactic travel is done via uh, personality casting. Mm. So I think their faster than light travel is just information. Mm. Gotcha. Okay. I'm going to take that concept and I'm going to add the Eagles to it and say that our generation ship that we have here is basically the hotel California where (laughs) you can never leave. Like you Mm -hmm. can, you can, you can come anytime you want, but you can never leave. And that's what this generation ship is like. So you can have the meths kind of like coming through there, through the cloud and they'll have a sleeve waiting for them, but they cannot leave. Once they've, you know, like once they've got there, it's, it's Mm. basically like a Bermuda triangle situation. Oh, what if, um, Mm. what if part of the purpose of the ship was like a cloud, uh, server type thing 
and it was some like startup that was competing with other <laughs> corporations and yes. it got bought out and then abandoned. So now you have these like handful oh. or a number of like very wealthy individuals who are like saved on this server, but they can't go anywhere. So they're Absolutely. just Absolutely. And it, it doesn't have to be intentional or at least not like a single person doing something terrible. We talked about some of the planned obsolescence. Mm-hmm. It could be a compatibility issue yeah. where they are no yeah. longer able to like send out. <laughs> so it's just a black hole where they're constantly receiving stuff or occasionally receiving stuff when things get routed wrong or something yes. like that. Love that. Mm-hmm. And, and mind you, when you say it's a hostile takeover, I imagine that what happened where they just basically bought the company and the ship turned it into a big advertisement and then fucked it all to hell with the ice program. (laughs) That was completely intentional. It's like, I'll show you to try and be a, you know, like be a rival in my corporate space, Mm, like get the hell out of here. Oh man. And we could go either way and there could be multiple layers and different opinions about that because, um, my day job, I do project management with the software development team. So (laughs) anytime you try and do adjustments and uploads and modifications, some things just break. Yeah. And this may have just yeah. been one that broke and they didn't care enough to fix it. Mm-hmm. Or like they sent some interns to fix it. And they're like, you guys can handle it, right? And didn't didn't go over so well. Honestly, they might leave it alone altogether. Because mm-hmm. it's just like, we don't care about the destination. These people aren't dying. So what moral stricture do we have <laughs> to resolve this? Yeah. They'll get to their destination eventually due to like inertia in space, right? <laughs> right. So it's right. like it's fine. There's nothing in the terms of service preventing this. And the people who are living there right now would be dead by the time they get there anyway. It's a they generation. Knew what they were ship. signing up for. Yeah. Exactly. If they read the oh, 500 yeah. pages of, of terms of use, then they would yeah. have known that this so was like, in there. <laughs> legally and morally, they don't actually have a reason that they have to fix the ship. Read the EULA, assholes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, that's brilliant. And I think that's a great way to end the series where it's just like this floating. Oh, that's so good. I love that so much. Absolutely. Oh, man. Okay. So, bam. That's what a gym is like. (laughs) Session one, setting one, knocked out. You have a, you have a, a playground to play in now, which is great. I bet Daniel would even enjoy things, and he doesn't enjoy things very often. Well, he would definitely have issue with the FTL communication. Obviously, travel, obviously, but... yeah, of course he would, Courtney. But that's why we. And you know what? Daniel doesn't listen to the podcast. We can shit talk him all we want on this episode. Which, Clark, get yeah. it in now while you can. Which, just as a side note for people who are building their own stuff, if you are going to do FTL, information is the is the most manageable, like least broken that you can do without having to it'll let you take a minor shortcut that most most people aren't even going to think about daniel will definitely think about it though. <laughs> daniel definitely will you'll have the hardcore definitely. sci-fi people mm-hmm. who who will definitely think about it but for the most part it's a nice shortcut that will let you kind of skip over that have intergalactic while still being able to have these localized places um, and can lead mm-hmm. to some very interesting things if you want to get mm-hmm. into time delay that is another issue so we could make it so there's no FTL information travel here. And these people are just waiting and they have been waiting for generations. And then they get the <laughs> then they get the signal of just like, yeah, um, the stakeholders have all reviewed. And at this time, it is not worth the investment necessary no. to come debug your system. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. That's, yeah, that's brutal. Yeah. All right. On to the next one. 
So we've got another jam session, another setting that we're going to be rolling. So of course we roll the genre. Clark, Courtney, I'm so glad that it's you two here because we're talking dark fantasy. Mm -hmm. Good, good. The theme with this particular dark fantasy is going to be. Really? Really? What, what you gotta do it? death and dark fantasy? Uh, like, that's, that's like cheating. Too, <laughs> that's too easy. Yeah. Oh, man. I would say we keep mm-hmm. it and then roll the first thing that we're focusing on, which is a cataclysm. Okay. Okay. So we've got dark fantasy. We've got death. We've got a cataclysm. Here's the first thing that comes to mind. The land of the living and dead that thin wall that separates the two of them no longer exists. Mm-hmm. Some cataclysm happened and now spirits of every kind walk and mingle with the mortals that they once were. When you die, you don't leave the plane. You just linger on as a ghost. Yeah, that was basically my idea too, to like something occurred that brought back all the dead and maybe they aren't like all nice ghosts. Maybe there's some that are just like skeletons or like corpses with flesh hanging off of them to really drive in the dark fantasy aspects. Got like mm. a lot of grime and, and grossness. Some real black cauldron vibes to it is mm. what I'm hearing. Good name drop. Good name drop. Uh, <laughs> I I really like both of those where I'm sitting right now is I've been messing with a number of videos lately where I, I take magic system archetypes and then I break down the trope and talk about like what the essential components are and then how you can how you can change it to subvert the trope. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of what I'm thinking through here. I would really like that, what you guys are talking about, as the end state. Mm-hmm. But I want to see if we can subvert it because cataclysms are usually massive death and destruction, right? Yeah. So... What if we could kind of reverse it where this is a land that is like not necessarily dead, but just sort of static. Every everybody and the things that live there just don't really live. They just exist there. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden there is this um, there is this shift where like your permanence is no longer viable and you shift to being alive where one that can be if you look at it from where you have existed. And then all of a sudden you fall asleep, you wake up, you have amnesia, and then you can actually die and stop existing. Um, Or at least then you shift into a spirit form. So maybe I'm talking about pre-life, but just I would be interested in seeing if we could make it so that the occurrence of life as we understand it, of life and death as we understand it, that is the cataclysm. Okay. How about this? Life as a cat. I love the idea of life as a cataclysm. Maybe this is the result of the heroes triumphing in some way, right? Like the the heroes are on this major quest and they're all following the God of life and they find an artifact, they do a ritual and they're like, we're going to bestow, you know, crazy positive energy and life energy throughout the universe. And they do. And as a result, everything that was dead comes back like whether it be substantial or insubstantial, ethereal or corporeal, what have you. And so they're like, with them having the best of intentions, they have created a cataclysm 
worse than anything that their their uh, you know their mm. villains or their enemies could do on their own. Oh yeah, so okay. maybe like the the god of life had been injured in some way, and that was what was causing Ooh. this like stasis type yep. situation that was going on. And um, yeah, then the heroes, like you said, came did their essentially mass resurrection type thing, and we're like, whoops, we we did that a little a little too strong. I have an idea. Now everything's mm. back. Mm-hmm. That I want to float out to you guys and, and see how you feel about it. Toss it out, Clark. So what if what happens? is when this ritual or this victory gets completed um because part of what my my brain is jumping around between a bunch of things but here i'm going to toss it out there what if what happens is everything gains life oh yeah that yeah that's actually really horrifying all of our inanimate objects the terrain the water now everything is alive oh that's uh, awful i hate that that is so that's yeah. what we're going with even even like ideas so like ideas are alive and moving and doing things oh damn mm-hmm. oh i double hate that now yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's oh, that's not a life you can live if you're like hold yeah. on okay in some of that like some of that you like how do you breathe if if you're trying to like actively suck in air that's trying to escape your lungs or if your blood is alive and it's like trying mm-hmm. to escape your body and go find a job somewhere cyberpunk <laughs> by the way um <laughs> how is that that's not a that's not a tenable world we need to add some restrictions I mean, so it's not so just like everything is oh god no that's uh, alive doesn't mean independent for mm-hmm. one Mm-hmm. Um, so like that, that may just mean that everything turns into a symbiotic relationship and that can go multiple ways where now, depending on how you look at it, living is nothing but constant death, um, mm. or like that. living mm. is nothing but like constant compromise and relationship. Yeah. Okay. Like, like if you have to be super careful about even like the things you say or mm. think, because the minute you like put a thought down onto paper, it those words come alive in some way. So communicate really dark fantasy. This is like such a nightmare hellscape. Mm -hmm. Um, I just want to float this name out there because you know how I feel about names. When I think of a cool name, I got to toss it out there. Uh, I love this idea when the mountains scream, because (laughs) that's what they're doing. They're alive (laughs) and they're like, Oh, you're climbing on me. (laughs) Ow, the pittance hurt. Stop it. You know, like there's a lot to it. That is horrifying. I fucking well, love that so much. I also think it would be it would be so I mean, yes, there's a horrifying aspect to it, especially if you look at how we are living our lives now. But at the same time, that would lead to some incredibly interesting stuff mm-hmm. where when you're doing anything, when you're trying to craft something, you're trying to sail, you're trying to climb mountains, everything becomes a conversation and a relationship. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. things like the home field advantage um, aren't just an advantage. It's like, no, the, the land here is our ally. So <laughs> watch yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, of course, that, that allows you to like make deals and be betrayed by your own like village in some ways. And mm-hmm. by that, I mean like that the village huts themselves are like, yes, we're sick of this. You haven't thatched our roofs in ages, mm-hmm. you know, like you're fucked. Yeah. None of you are leaving. Yeah. You're dying. New people will move in. <laughs> God. Yeah, I yeah. love that because it brings or even like a... just stuff like betrayed by your blood or there could be interesting oh, things gosh. where like you're terribly wounded and you have some kind of spiritual conversation with your blood about please don't leave. 
Yeah. Yeah. It <laughs> oh, brings in this no. really cool aspect of like rituals and stuff like that, where you're trying to like give honor to the thing that you want to like gain something from. Like you, the idea of climbing a mountain, what if you like have to bring literally bring offerings to the mountain so that it actually allows you to climb up it? Things like that. Offerings that are also alive and like yep, yep. actively counter offering the mountain <laughs> at the same time. Trying to like bribe you to not. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I, I don't know. I'm loving this because it's both incredibly dark, but it could also lead to some incredibly like beautiful and inspiring situations mm -hmm. and, and relationships between people and between things. Yeah, no, my brain just goes dark with it. Like, I'm thinking <laughs> about, like, falling in love with an idea, literally falling in love with an idea that you have that's been given form. Um, like, there, there's just so much that you that can go horribly, horribly wrong in this mm -hmm. particular set. Like, the, the, yeah. the implications, Clark. We always yep. talk about the implications, <laughs> and the implications here are too much for me. Speaking of things going horribly wrong, should we toss in a twist? Oh, Lord. One, hold off? one yeah, more thing let's... before we do just some things that might rain this in um, is what I would do if I was like building this up as a world or as a magic system is I would do regional controls. So mm -hmm. maybe different areas of the world um, brings life to different things. So you aren't having to deal with all of these challenges everywhere all the time, but different regions bring different challenges. Yeah, so that's a good idea. You go to the living mountains, the terrain is alive. If you go to the plains of thought, you got to be careful what you think and say. Mm. Mm. That's really okay. cool because yeah, it yeah, makes it less works. Yeah, it makes it a bit less oppressive to approach as a as an environment. Ooh, I like that. Of course, it makes exploration giga mm. horrifying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, if you're walking and all of a sudden you're entering like. Uh, like the valley where your guts come out. It's like, oh Lord, <laughs> what's going on? You know, like, or, or it's like you enter this valley and your blood's like, hey, uh, we're sick of this shit and we want out. And they're like, just blood starts pouring out of your orifices. It's like, yeah, yeah that's that's terrible. Oh I hate that. Well, mm -hmm. And that combined with just how alien you could make some of these things. So that can turn into this whole thing where you have people who specialize in conversations with different types of entities. Mm -hmm. like mm. your land speakers are like if you need to talk with the land like i know how to talk and i know how to listen mm -hmm. you want to bring me yeah. along that's really cool i know how to talk to your internal organs trust yeah. me you'll <laughs> want me along. Th that's what doctors are now they just like communicate with your your body instead of slicing their body it. speakers yeah 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 <laughs> Look, you're not allowed to have fatty foods for the next four weeks. That's the deal, okay? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Okay, you're, you're absolutely right, Courtney. We need to roll a twist. Let's see what we got going on here. And the twist for this one is, now add in some robots. Hmm. Mm. Okay. All right, all right. Oh, okay, 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 okay. I got it, I got it. Daniel's not here. Uh, so obviously we're <laughs> shit talking, but mm -hmm. what does Daniel always do? This twist needs to do something that subverts the rest of the world, the kind of the setting, the pre-established setting that we have here. Right. So with that being said, these robots are truly the only things that cannot be alive. So 
their their component parts don't come alive. Uh, they are like okay, the one yeah. thing that they, and and you know after a while, I imagine that people kind of get used to this world, but then all of a sudden, this truly unliving thing comes through. That is terrifying to that particular set of people, and so maybe maybe that's what we're talking about here. Maybe maybe they're like some big bad or like some big weird alien force. That is mm-hmm. like breaks all the rules in the universe to them. Mm-hmm. So something I want to throw out about that, um, regardless of Please. where this comes from, that is brilliant on multiple levels, even right down to the origin of the word robot, mm-hmm. right? Which mm-hmm. you, depending on how hoity-toity you get about your sci-fi, you may or may not know <laughs> that that originates from a word meaning slave. Mm-hmm. What this means mm-hmm. is if they're not alive, they they don't have choice. They are just programming. So they are the only thing in the world that can't be negotiated with and can't change what it does. They're the Mm -hmm. Borg, but like cooler. They are a slave to whatever their programming is. Literally. Okay. That's, that's great. I really like that. But at the same time, I guess they can't be influenced by all of these living things because they themselves are horrifying. Yeah. 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 Especially like, imagine like you have a thought and you're like, that thought is like, we can negotiate with them. And then the robots are like, nah, get fucked. And then they erase that thought. Oh my God. These things are the terminators. They can't oh, be, yeah. they can't be reasoned with dear God. Well, yeah. I mean, you may even have a hero who's like, so I won this battle by having a conversation with the enemy's armory before we stepped mm-hmm. in the ring. Mm-hmm. There you um, go. Came yeah. to an agreement with his weaponry and you know, that was it. And they just, they can't do that. <laughs> right. And yeah. that's this terrifying yeah. thing where anything, going back to the Borg, anything that gets assimilated or tied into the robots loses its life, which is where we can bring uh, it. The yeah. robots could be a big part of a second cataclysm. It's like the big historical cataclysm was there the abundance go. of life. The robots could be like a second cataclysm. This is the new war. You know what it is? This is the trilogy after the trilogy that establishes the setting Right. So it's like you've got the prequels, which is like, oh, you know, giggle life everywhere. Oh, no, it's horrible. Then the set, then the trilogy proper, which is like, oh, we've got a quest. And then after they've run out of ideas, all right, fuck it, throw in robots. And then that's where they, but it's like actually well done. You know, this also seems like a good opportunity for some body horror, Clark. Like if, oh, yes. if whatever the robots assimilate becomes, you know, part of them, part of their sort of unliving self then they could do a lot with uh with human flesh and such those are just phyrexians though at that point you know (laughs) like i I was keeping a lot of it to myself but just everything being alive is just by itself uh, an abundance of body Uh, because exactly can you imagine a (laughs) can you imagine a tree (laughs) that comes to an agreement (laughs) with blood oh no Uh Uh, okay yeah we're moving on we, 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 we're like uh, imagine way, imagine trying to eat anything you, you can't just, yeah imagine, you feel like imagine the food imagine the food making a deal with your teeth like no. stop it yeah no we're not doing this anymore we're moving yeah. on because uh, like i said once you start the implication it starts to get too horrible it's, and that's yeah. where if we were building this world in earnest, we would need to draw some of those lines. Like, yeah, it could definitely. be something of like com- there's a limit to the components of your bodies, like how individual it gets and that kind of thing. You know, yeah, you can build some of that in. So maybe your your teeth can't rebel, but there's something about blood so that it can. Mm, I hate it yeah. so much. Or, yeah, <laughs> it could depend on like the health of Hopefully your body. Hopefully you hate it in a good way, though. 
Almost. Yeah. Mm. Um, uh, by the way, I'm very excited for this setting because like as horrible as it is, like I was afraid that we were going to be going in like an Elden Ring slash Dark Souls situation. And then we just veered off to the left. And like, this is so much better and so much more interesting. You can't, you probably can't really write a whole book series about it, but I don't care. It's a great concept. There would be potholes everywhere. Oh my God. Huge. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, you could, uh, maybe it depends on like the the health of your body parts, like how mm. how connected they are to you essentially. So like if if you have a tooth that starts to rot, then it can kind of go rogue and do whatever it wants. How how attached to that kidney are you? You don't know. <laughs> Not really. Or even just making it so that there's the potential for anything to come alive and you combine that with the regional stuff so that Yeah, yeah. Like it's just something you have to be aware of it's like well your stomach seems to be upset is it just like something you ate or is your stomach upset like actually upset is it something you ate or something you said (laughs) (laughs) um god i hate this world in the best way possible (laughs) uh we could literally keep talking about like everything also imagine how the magic might work where like you're casting sentience onto something within like Mm. the person like no okay we're moving on (laughs) <laughs> we, we've got the energy. I feel like we can do one more setting for the gym. How do y'all feel? I think so. Yeah. I'm Let's go. Good. Clark, are you ready? I know we're moving on, but I was having thoughts about like combinations of things from Perdido Street Station and like the Black Company mm. where it could be just like events and like life storms and stuff like that. And that's what like brings oh, yeah. the sweeping changes. So it's. It's incredibly disruptive and there's lots of protection and guards you have to put in place so that you at least can kind of limit what it influences. And yeah, no. yeah. Anyway, anyway, so the final world building gym Clark's first session, we're all excited. We got high energy. The genre that we're going to be focusing on is we've got urban fantasy. Great. Okay. So a little, di- very different, actually, than the dark fantasy that we were just focusing on. Uh, the theme that we're going to be focusing on is something forbidden. And then the first thing that we're going to be focusing on in this modern fantasy world is someone really important to the setting. Okay. So, Courtney, why don't you kick us off? Who is someone really important to this modern fantasy setting with a theme of something forbidden? Um, I'm going to say that it is a child who has discovered a Ouija board or something to that effect that actually can contact the paranormal or the supernatural. I like that. So what is what is so forbidden about that exactly? Um... I guess how like how fantastical do we want to get with this urban fantasy? Like are that's, there that's are there the question? Yeah, are there like knowingly like fairies and stuff running around in the world or is it kind of like secret and split off or what? So the first the, the first thought I have um is because of just stuff I've been reading and stuff that I uh, love to death is I don't know, I'm liking the idea of if the urban fantasy was set and then what this child does is they touch on like a forbidden realm. Mm-hmm. Um, like if we were talking Dresden Files, this child did did a Ouija board ritual that put them in touch with the outsiders. Oh boy, yeah, something to that effect. That's a very dark. 
Uh, by the way, Courtney has only just started the Dresden Files. Um, so try and, and she's very sensitive about spoilers. So don't <laughs> tell her about the Outsiders, Clark, That's is what fine. I'm trying to say. That is a name of a group and they do things. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah, you don't know shit about the Outsiders. Whether they walk before or after or side to side, you don't know what they're like. <laughs> and Clark gets that and Courtney doesn't. And that's what I love about it. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I do like that idea that it's like a sort of typical urban fantasy world, but then something uh, much darker and more dangerous has been inadvertently of contacted. And more dangerous. Of course. Uh, uh, I forget who I'm jamming well, I mean, with. Well, why would like, it be forbidden? Else, yeah. I mean, is it going to be like fucking like nice angel people who like come down and give you like flowers and fucking like, maybe <laughs> it doesn't have to be blood. set. It doesn't like, oh, kill your parents, says the Ouija board. Like it doesn't always have to be you, that way. You open up a doorway to the dimension of like adorable kittens or something. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe it's like there's too much joy and, the, and then that's why it's forbidden is because it's like, oh, this is actually dangerous because it's like the sex robots from Futurama where everyone gets distracted too much. I it's, don't know. Yeah, <laughs> The animals are too cute and it just distracts everybody. Stuff starts to shut yeah. down because there aren't enough people focusing on real things. I'm just trying to not swerve directly into okay. your bingo card. Okay, okay. Courtney? I'm just trying to throw out some stuff. So here. then, why why do you want it to be forbidden? Then, Rob, <laughs> what is it that you want to be forbidden mm -hmm. about what this child did? You know what? <laughs> you know what? I'm sitting here trying to make things lighter and happier after we just rolled death, dark fantasy, and <laughs> a fucking cyberpunk world where everything's shitty. No, no, so okay. Like maybe so I'm just trying to make things nicer here. Let's all right? let's have fucking adorable puppies that get loosed upon the world. <laughs> Do it. Okay. Okay. It. So so what if what if we started <laughs> with a dark urban fantasy? Okay. And what so happens like is this kid actually performs a ritual that starts letting light and hope through. Mm -hmm. See, things start to turn into like Lisa Frank and the things that was it, it that hard <laughs> <laughs> well we just did like a big subversion for the last one so I wasn't sure if we wanted to do another major subversion you know what the fact that we're subverting the subversion is the subversion alright so it's fine okay <laughs> god damn it <laughs> <sighs> okay Maybe we don't have to make it inherently fucking jizz all over yourself happy, right? Maybe we can just have it be like happy but sinister. It, maybe it's like a pet cemetery type situation where it's forbidden because it's fucking up the fabric of reality, but it's still causing joy and they're using their power for good mm -hmm. or something like that. I don't know. I'm just trying to not swerve directly into the blood fountain. God well, and I it. wasn't trying to go as far as Lisa Frank either. It could just be something where it is a very dark, oppressive, controlled setting. Yeah. And what this child unlocks, it's something that is being controlled and forbidden by the people in control. I like that, that idea. That does yeah. start to let hope for uh, like freedom and agency and stuff like that through. Yeah, I like so that. we're in like a, a 1984 like fascist kind of thing where like people heads down yeah, doing their work go. but all of a sudden it's you got like something fun and and joyful running around how, how about we make it literal how about like the world that we're stuck in here is a constant frozen hellscape ice mm. snow whatever and this ritual 
this this kind of power uh, is unlocking literal warmth to the world. Mm-hmm. That's good. I was thinking maybe sunlight if you wanted to do a whole sure. thing because yeah. people yeah. are always like, well, why aren't the vampires in control? You could do a world where the vampires are in control and it's a world of darkness mm-hmm. uh, to name drop another franchise. <laughs> but <laughs> the, they could actually be letting yeah. warmth and sunlight through, which would be devastating to the people in control. That's cool. Yeah, I'm picturing like like slivers of sunlight leaking through wherever these um, these sort of holes open up you all of a sudden have like a a flash of sunlight and vampires get burned from that. And remember it's because of a Ouija board. I want to make sure that Mm -hmm. we don't Mm -hmm. drop that original concept that the Ouija board is still responsible for letting in this warmth and sunshine. Okay. So on, on that, I'm wondering if we can shift it from a Ouija board a little bit, because a Ouija board specifically is about communication with something. Mm -hmm. Could the Ouija board be kind of like a interdimensional combination lock. Oh, interesting. Oh, like it's been, it's been hidden as a child's toy, but it's like a, a powerful wizard is like, how can I protect? How can I make sure that this doesn't fall mm. into enemy hands? Oh, put it in a dumb. It's like the Cenobite puzzle box, but reverse. Yeah. There yeah, you go. Yeah. It's basically like Jumanji sort of. Ooh, <laughs> Wait, but no, reverse Jumanji because yeah, good yeah. things come out of the Jumanji right. this time. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Now I'm thinking, can we make it so it's like a number of, there's a number of board games that like are involved uh, here. Yeah. So it's not yes. just Parker Brothers Ouija boards. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. I yeah. like or like a magic eight ball. You shake it up and whatever the there result we go. is. Has an okay. So that's another one. Yes. We're focusing okay. on this person, right? So this yeah, child, true. maybe true. they started with the Ouija board mm-hmm. and they have now started a game company that produces these magical <laughs> games. Oh, maybe oh, they, yeah. they stumbled on like an abandoned toy store and we're just, that's how it started. Like they were just kind of messing around in there. That's where the Ouija board originally was. And then they found other things in storage. And then, yeah, it spread into this like actual company. Yeah, this kid grows up, learns how to start making their own and they have to do this whole like underground shell thing because all of mm. these games are outlawed. Yeah, yeah. This is the weirdest Santa Claus origin story that I've ever heard <laughs> of in my life. Uh, but I love it. Like I'm, mm. I, I, I really find this to be fascinating. Like it's definitely like subverting all the expectations because this is also a setting about family. And what I love about this is like, yeah, you you might be playing with a a magic eight ball and then all of a sudden it's like glowing with the power of a sun and you're annihilating count whatever the fuck his name is <laughs> mm-hmm. of like the black court and it's like yeah get fucked like uh, guess what it was definitely yes that you were gonna die today count fuck off <laughs> you know, like that's that's what we're going with oh man yeah. Or even just a mundane thing, right? They're messing with this toy and they have enough warmth to heat up their home in just this frigid wasteland. Yes. Mm-hmm. Always cold. Ooh, it's a top. You spin it and it just keeps spinning and it generates heat. Yeah, there we oh, go. Oh, yeah. Nice, yeah. Nice. And that would, that's such a fun subversion of these like cute little innocent things. And... Yeah. Agreed. I like that. Bam. There we go. Look at that. Was that so hard? Was that so hard, you guys? It was, Rob. It It was very difficult. Yeah, yeah. God damn it. We we had to start with our instincts and then subvert them, all right? That means we had to start (laughs) with them (laughs) so that we could change them. Mm -hmm. I swear that if I roll this twist and it's 
go super dark with it. I'm just, we're just ending the show right here. Okay. No, we're, we're too deep in it now. Even if the no. twist is dark, we got to bring it around. Agreed. All, right. Agreed. all right. All right. All right. Let's see what we got. Mm-hmm. Let's see what the twist is. And our twist for this wonderful world of urban fantasy war is sports. <laughs> How, what do I mean? I mean, in a certain way, we've kind of already established that where it's like, yeah, I'm going to be like using my my skip it. And that's going to be like some kind of like a weapon where it's like, yeah, no, I'm using the toys to commit war against vampires. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What what I heard is that we just had an urban fantasy Yu-Gi-Oh pop up. <laughs> Ooh, don't you dare. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, I'm so down with that. You have no idea. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, I feel like that idea as it, I want to preserve that. I just want to like end the episode now and preserve that beautiful concept that we have. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's yeah. what I'm going to do. Fuck it. Yeah. I, I run the show. Yeah, we're done. Twist. We're done. Nailed. That's the end of the episode. Yeah, great. good work, Mark. You did it. Uh, yeah, great, yeah, great job. <laughs> uh, I hope you had fun on your first full jam session, Clark. I know I did. Mm-hmm. Always do. Always. Uh, remember that if you want to submit prompts to us and have us build your world, you can always go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com. Click on the link, and within a reasonable amount of time, we'll be building your world. If you want to follow us on social media, we're on Twitter at Let's World Build. If you want to come join our Discord, you can find the link for that in the description. Come chat to us about Yu-Gi-Oh! or whatever. It's fine. And of course, if you're feeling particularly generous, you can always go to our Patreon and give us money there where you'll get access to sweet, sweet Patreon-only episodes among some other goodies and stuff like that. With all of that out of the way, Clark, you got to hit us with the pluggables before we exit this episode. So, Clark, where can people find you and your stuff? So you can find me at crrowinson.com or on YouTube as the Magic Engineer, where I talk about magic systems all the time. So please do um, follow like subscribe and share most importantly share well actually most importantly enjoy second most importantly (laughs) share (laughs) all right and with all of the shilling out of the way that's going to do it for this episode of world build with us remember that we love you very much and we're going to get through this together until next week 